0: Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. We have been rebroadcasting some podcasts, which a lot of you that are follow us know. And so I haven't done a podcast for like a month or two. And so that makes my energy level more ridiculous because we have Abby Dodge with us today. Hi, Abby. Hi, Denise. How are you? I'm so excited to see you. Uh, People know that, uh, listen to our podcast all the time. Abby, a lot of the people, a lot of the women, we've had one or two men, so I can't, don't use the word people. And when we have them, it's so crazy odd. Do you know what I mean? I'm very confused. But here's the gig.
1: How did you and I ever really meet to begin with? Was it through IACP? I think it must have been. Oh. I think, and I, but I couldn't put... I was thinking about it this morning. I don't I can't put a date to that, Denise. I think it's just been eons, right?
0: Now, Abby, the, I try to say this to people in the olden days and I don't like to use that term because of course uh, 70 is the new 50 as I keep telling myself. But the the mar- it used to be for blogging and that was to me really a, it was a very small market. Do you know what I mean? Everyone knew everyone um and i knew you i did know that you were the founding test kitchen director at fine cooking because when fine cooking magazine came out it was a revolution i mean it 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 taught us it taught us how to cook it wasn't just an aspirational magazine is what i'm trying to say now so i can't put it i've just known you forever Okay, that's what I feel like.
1: Exactly, and and you're exactly right. That before blogging, we were a small, very close internet family, Um, and and I still feel that way. You know, even including the blogging and the vlogging world, that you know we are, we we're all about food, um, and we're all about helping each other and. It's what I find about the food world so endearing and helps it to persevere. So, it's- that's a, yesterday a young woman. When you say that, Abby, that
0: I don't know, I mean, I, a lot of young women, when they reach out to Cindy and I now, it's because we have a Facebook page for the food stylist handbook. And the whole idea behind it people, most of them have bought the book, but they have bought the book, they have one little question they want to ask us you know or they're really new well some of them you know there's like five thousand members but only the same 10 people say something every time but every once in a while this little voice from someone who i don't know will come out and ask a question and then i'll say you know private message me you know or i'll to answer that personally because it may be about money or something we don't want to discuss or a horrible client's name whatever but they're so funny because they seem so thrilled that someone would give them a tip. But I feel like saying, honey, this is what the whole, I mean, my whole career was built on people like you. Then when they became cookbook authors, the Natalie Dupree's of the world who mentored more people than, you know, we, can probably, I mean, it, there were just, women were so helpful to each other. So that's why I'm thrilled that you're here today. And it's lovely to see you live. I know, it's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. Now, I have to ask you, we have to start at the beginning. I want our audience to know we're going to broadcast two podcasts with you. Abby, we're going to turn around and do a second one because there's too much information to cover in just one. So, if people are, when they enjoy this one, come back for a second one when,
1: when they're broadcast. Abby, how did you get into food? Oh, gosh. Well, we won't go too far back because then that <laughs> will completely date me. Um, but, you know, I think, Denise, I think I've always been a baker. Um, I know I have. I started baking when I was very young um with my mom on sunday afternoons um she used to call it sunday afternoons in the kitchen with her with me she used to say and i have uh three i had three older brothers and so it was kind of girl time and for my mom and i and my mom was a very young widow so this was a chance for her and i to just kind of do something and she'd tear recipes out of the women's service magazines mccall's red book we remember, we remember. And we'd tackle these, and and I was maybe six, seven, eight um, when we started out doing this. And, you know, we'd tackle recipes like floating island long before I knew that that was like fancy schmancy French stuff, you know. Um, So that's kind of where that genesis began, where that food drive began. Now, the
0: first time I knew of such a thing called floating island was a Katherine Heppard Spencer Tracy movie, where they have a cook in the kitchen or their housekeeper sort of thing. And they live in this beautiful apartment. And she says, I don't even deserve for having floating islands. Now, later on in life, I remember thinking, what is this wonderful floating island? And I look back at things like that. And Abby, now, by the way, I probably didn't notice what she was wearing. Do you know what I mean? I didn't care what her job was. I mean, it wasn't that. But because my fa- my family, my grandfather, and my father were in food. We sold food. We owned grocery stores. Food, I, I mean, there's just moments in my time. It's like people remember horrible tragedies in their life. Or my grandfather died, and I think, yeah, that was a bad day. That was the best egg pal- pametron we ever had. So I can't <laughs> remember those. Almost- my entire life by what I ate. And so for you to be with your mother in the kitchen on
1: Sundays, what, what a fa- what an education. What an education. You know, it really, it really was. And I, I didn't really appreciate it. I mean, I enjoyed it. Obviously I wouldn't have done it. You know, I'm, a, you know, I was pretty strong willed then just like I am now. So if <laughs> I didn't enjoy it, I wasn't going to do it. Um, but we had a lot of fun, but it wasn't until later, Denise, um, when my mom passed away, she passed away just after my 21st birthday. And, um, you know, I was kind of, you know, I had three older brothers who had lives of their own and there I was kind of going, well, what, what next, what next? And through whatever miracle of miracles, signs upon signs, my mother's voice kind of bubbled back up to me and because I remember her used to she and I would say as we were cooking she'd say you know Abby I just want to make sure that you know that when you grow up you have to work you'll have to work you know you need to work you have to work and I want to I want you to promise me that you do something that you love and you know yeah 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 10 year old me yeah 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 but then you know a decade plus later it kind of bubbled up and I thought really like to cook, I'm, I'm gonna figure that out. Uh, and I, you know, did also long before the, God, really dating myself here. Long before the internet, you know, long before <clears throat> any real resources, um, I figured out um, that I needed to go to Paris uh, because I'd already done a great deal of college. So I didn't want to go to the Culinary Institute and kind of start, you know, at the very beginning freshman year again, who needs to do that again? Um, and I told my elder oldest brother that I was going to, you know, take what was left of my college money and ship myself off to Paris and go to La Varenne. And this is the reaction that I got. And I'll, I'll say it as I'm doing it. I'm lifting down my glasses and looking (laughs) quite sternly as my brother did to me. And he just kind of went, you're, you're throwing your life away. You're throwing your life away. And I said, well, and again, that strong-willed part of me, I said, well, then that's what I'll be doing, but I will be doing it in Paris at cooking school. Um, Bravest decision I ever made, best decision I ever made. As I like to say, Anne Willen changed my life. Um, The founder of uh, La Varenne, uh, the wonderful Anne Willen, she not only saved my life, she she changed my life Um, and and then that ball just started rolling from there. Abby, how, see, this is something, and you said this. me. So
0: your mother was widowed young. So a lesson there, which I can't even imagine, and you lost, I'm so sorry, you lost your parents both when you were young. Do you know what I mean? You didn't get as much time as, as some people did with their parents. And then, but at least you had, you have nothing but fond memories. Women and this is always another theme that kind of goes through women beyond a certain age. Still in my generation, my mother said to me, my mother never said to me, get a job that you'll love, Denise, her work. My mother said to me, marry well, okay? She said it boldly and without disregard. And my father would say things like, Doris, that's terrible. We had three sisters, two, two sisters, three kids, three girls. My father said, "God damn, it, Doris, we're not going to pay for these kids to go to college for them just to get husbands." And though, and we were the first generation going to college. Do you see what I'm saying? And they would say things like, "If we can afford it, and if you get really good grades." I mean, none of this was given because Italian immigrants uh, didn't go to college. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they went into the family business. You did what your parents told you to do. So, for your mother, how wise for her to say something like that, but also, um, you know what, in our society, I don't care what age you are now, women have to work. <laughs> yeah. and, and not just for money. Women need to work, I think, I think all women need to work or volunteer if you or fundraise, I mean, whatever you consider your job. But working makes us stronger and smarter and feel better about ourselves. Do you know what I mean? I I think generations of women that didn't have to work, and when I've been around that didn't have to work, didn't feel good about their lives. I mean, you can see it, Abby, a lot. But also, when I've been with some of the richest women in the world, and I have, they all find jobs for themselves because it's not about money, it's about self-esteem and giving back and contributions and so many offsprings of our lives.
1: Yes, and the interaction um, and the reward for interacting with other people, um, male, female, you know, combinations of, you know, in groups of men women um it's so that that social interaction to me is so important um and it's been a lifeblood uh of of all sorts of stuff fun good bad ugly messy scary you know yes um but if it wasn't for that it would be lonely you know i think that we would all be really lonely
0: you know i think lonely and this and bored do you know what i mean i think that i think Social creatures we certainly are, but I think most of us like to be challenged. Otherwise, what's the point? Do you know? What yeah, I mean?
1: yeah. And I think that it's something that my mom, um, you know, she she grew up to marry well, right? I mean, that was kind of you know that's way back in the day, or or you know, at the very least, marry for God's sakes, get married. <laughs> Um, and I think it's because, you know, she was a very quiet, soft-spoken person. Um, but because of her circumstance, you know, there she was, she was 40 years old and she had four kids and there she was. Uh, and I think she just really wanted to make sure that, you know, I took life in my own hands and that, you know, she wanted to make sure that I was going to be self-sufficient, um, which... Knock on wood, Denise, knock on wood. Such a valuable, uh, the valuable lessons. Now answer me this, tell people what
0: you did at Fine Cooking.
1: Um, At Fine Cooking, I started their test kitchen. It was, I, I, so Fine Cooking was based in Connecticut. I happened to live in Connecticut and lived in Connecticut at the time. And my sister-in-law, worked for one of the other magazines that uh, Taunton press that published fine cooking. And, you know, she said to me, Hey, Abby, you know, they're starting this food magazine. And I got in contact with um, Martha Holmberg and who it was the first time I met her. um, And, you know, we kind of went to the powers that be and said, listen, we need to have a test kitchen. We need to test the recipes that are going in the magazine um which to taunton press who also published fine home building and all of these you know woodworking magazines it was kind of a foreign concept to be testing something that they're publishing because of course they don't build every house that they publish plans for um, so it took a little convincing and a little conjoling but you know, that's that's where we started out. It was issue one, and I think it was, a, maybe it was even jams and marmalades was the very first um, recipes, you know, feature that, that I started doing recipe testing for. I
0: ask you, Abby, because as publishing, as magazines have disappeared, as everything's online, as people are self-publishing by being their own publishers, stylists, writers, bloggers, you know what I mean? As people are doing everything. Sometimes young women again will say something to me, and it, you know, with all the controversy there's been recently about a celebrity chef ripped off this book, a Singaporean author from that was published like eight years ago. Now, so I'm in all those little groups, you know, cookbook authors and stuff. Well, the bottom line is sometimes young people, and I mean this in male and female, they don't know there used to be a test kitchen where a magazine paid and stood behind their magazine and said, this is, you know, these recipes have been tested. Sometimes I'm talking to young cookbook authors, and I'm sure you've had this, Abby, and they say things like, oh, well, I'll say, and you, you wrote the, we, Cindy and I will still do some consulting for, you know, people, they show us some of their film, or they want us to read their proposal, and I usually send them to Diane Jacobs, but we'll look at something and then i'll say and these recipes are original oh well you know i i I changed the ingredients in and they say it right to your face and the reason and then i'm when they say it sometimes i'm not angry because i realize they don't know any better
1: okay just don't understand they don't understand
0: so and in your books and i know you've written 11 books so tell we're going to talk about, by the way, in our second podcast with Abby about her latest book that I absolutely love. And I am not a baker. Abby, the only reason I ever baked was because clients came to us and they wanted us to style their book. So I had to learn. Do you see <laughs> it? That's so, honest. I, I like I, that. You know what? And I, but I started out baking and then I went into the hotline and garde manger and I just, I lost baking. But so talk to me about so what happens? So
1: you work there twenty five years, and what happens to your job? Well, so before that, I should I should preface it by saying that I had um, gone through the restaurant, into the restaurant world, and done all of that, and. Went from there into my first job in publishing. I did a lot of freelance at those women's service magazines that we were talking about and got my first editorial position at Women's Day magazine. Um, my I favorite! <laughs> Elizabeth Alston is one of my all-time heroes, um, an early mentor in the publishing world and the food world for me. And, you know, she's she's just an idol to me. Um, but so I developed my skills in testing recipes and developing recipes, um, you know, producing 34 issues a year um, for these women's service magazines. It was crazy stuff. So Um, much work. So much work. So fast paced. But, you know, in in working in these different test kitchens, um, Ladies Home Journal was another one, um, Red Book, it, you know, you really learn those fine art of what is a recipe? What is it to adapt a recipe? What is it to develop a recipe? Um, so I took that with me when I went to fine cooking. Um, and, you know, I have to, I will tell you that one of the first, first few things that I did test when I was up there um, in one of their guest houses testing recipes was a fish fumet. So counterbalance, Denise, a fish fumé with a, you know, um, you know, like the best Oreo cookie recipe not made from scratch, you know, I mean, or my, my favorite, one of my favorite features in Women's Day was nine meals from one ham, um, which is, you know, I mean, that's, that's real. Now let um, me tell you, something. you could redo
0: that and sell that right now. Because that's all people were doing. I mean, you just need a snappy TikTok title for that. Abby. <laughs> I can see you in the
1: kitchen with the ham, and we'll we're throwing the nine recipes in the air. You exactly. can do it, girl. The ham goes up, and down comes and, a plate. <laughs> okay, now up up. I will. I would fly to your house brilliant.
0: and produce those TikToks. I would help you produce those TikToks. I think that would be brilliant. I keep saying to Cindy, <laughs> that would be really fun. I'm going to get on TikTok and I'm going to just sit there and pretend I'm smoking a cigarette. And then I'm going to say sandwiches. And then I'm just going to throw bread and shit at the camera. And then that's it. And see if they get it. Okay. See if people understand what I'm saying. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Background. see, And I have to tell you again, Women's Day, I still have it, it's my favorite cookbook. I have, when they sold them, my father owned grocery stores, you would get the Women's Day Encyclopedia. They were 2.99 a piece, um, or when you spent so much on groceries, but they were written, and you were probably, recipes from there, James Beard was in there then, and Helen um, Brown, and but those recipe collections, and Red Book Magazine that had the step-by-step pictures, that's how I first learned to cook. That's the precursor to it all. Yes. It, it really was. So did you, what was your, what do you think? Now, this is just me. What's your favorite part about developing? A, because in, that's something you said, Abby. So developing a recipe is different than testing a recipe. And that's where I think it's gotten lost in translation or adapting a recipe. Um, how do you get your ideas for developing recipes? Oh, God! gosh. She's done tons. No, I know, I know, I, I can tell you how Cindy and I did it. We used to always start with, a. we'd start, I'd say we have to start with a blank page. Okay, when we were developing and getting paid recipes for celebrity clients or whatever, um, we didn't, I know some people would go into other people's cookbooks and look for ideas. I, I didn't do that. I would usually, I'd say we have to start with a blank page. So if there was ever a question about where the recipe came from, we could be honest about our process. Do you know what I mean? And not and not be plagiarizing someone else's work. Yes,
1: yeah, so you were literally holding up the blank page. That's what I, I, I just believe in it. And of
0: course there are formulas to food. So if you, you know, but I, the classic formulas of food—I know most of them because I went to the culinary academy and, and cooked for sixteen months, and then I worked in restaurant. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know how many cups of flour something needs, or if it's eight eggs and a pound of, you know, two pounds of clarified butter gives you hollandaise. You kind of learn those formulas, I think, after you've done it for a long enough time. But That's how do how do you how do you what's your process for developing a recipe?
1: So it usually, for me, it usually starts with a flavor combination. Um, Love it. You know, um, you know, I and I don't know where all of these things come from. Sometimes it's in the middle of the night. Sometimes, sometimes I'm at a store and I can smell something like, uh, you know, caramel or something. And, and I start thinking, oh, caramel as I'm doing my grocery shopping. And then I think, you know, pretzels pops into your brain and maybe something else and you think, and so I, it, my ideas usually start with the flavor combos, and then it goes to texture. Um, I think, gosh, is that, is that, is that chewy? Is it cakey? Is it a cake? Huh? No, it's not a cake. Maybe it's a candy. And uh, these little bubbles of ideas start formulating. Now they don't all just come up at once. Um, sometimes they do um, and form some perfect, you know, recipe. Um, but it usually starts out as little bubbles of ideas that I then piece together on that blank piece of paper that we were talking about. Um, <clears throat> and I I let it ferment a bit, you know, and it kind of works its way up and is it cupcakes or sometimes it comes you know when when I think well what haven't I done what haven't I made in a while maybe it's a cookie Um, and then I start thinking about formulas and as you said there are pretty standard formulas Um, you know you and I have been doing this a long time we know pretty much how much butter to flour you need to make a roll cookie. You pretty, you know, you can monkey around with the amount of sugar a little bit, Um, but it's those, those basic formulas. And then I take that blank piece of paper that I've written some little ideas down and I start scripting it out. And then I take it into the kitchen.
0: Brilliant. Flavor, texture, then you get to, okay, so you're really, you do flavor, texture, then the idea of the recipe. I mean, kind of making it concrete. I understand that, Abby, because sometimes when I just, is okay, an temple, I go to a bakery to buy, because I have a habit of, I can eat the whole package of cookies, <laughs> Abby. So I've learned that portion control in my life is everything. So I'll just go and buy a couple little cookies. So my husband and I each get a cookie, you know? So, but as I'm eating that cookie, sometimes I think this cookie's so good. I would like to turn it into a pie crust. Do you know what I mean? Or I'd like, I want to see ice cream. I want two of these cookies and I want to, ch- of ice cream in a minute and or sometimes i eat something i think i just want to dip this cookie in something do you know what i mean (laughs) to make it a dipping cookie so i understand it it, it's i think it's the most fun part of our jobs i think i always like you know then i like styling it and making the photograph but i think that food i never get tired of it that's what i like about it that i've never gotten tired of it in the 40 years that i've worked with it
1: you know isn't it it's such a gift. It's a gift. Uh, It really is such a gift. Uh, and I feel the same way, you know, and every once in a while I'll think, you know, well, I don't think I'll write another book or whatever. And then suddenly I find myself in the kitchen really kind of noodling on something and, you know, experimenting around and, and, and I think, okay, I think this could actually be a thing um and it um i had an editor years ago who used to say um uh should lean back and look at me and should say well that just means you're fertile <laughs> that was maria gornischelli who was oh my know, god
0: a famous name
1: a famous That's a famous, famous and infamous name
0: <laughs> infamous is right now
1: <laughs> We aren't going to go there today because i haven't been drinking and
0: i only talk about her if i've had a couple of drinks abby, <laughs> because that's a <laughs> thrill now you mentioned ann Willen, and i want to go back to that because i went to laverin after talk about school and this is the advice i give to again other people abby and i know that people that are listening that will listen to this that are we're amazed. I assumed everyone that would listen to the podcast. It's like, who's going to read your cookbook? I thought everybody'd be old ladies like me. And we have this huge demographic of women in their 40s, which I just sh- think shows that women are very smart and are planning ahead. Do you know what I mean? I think they're hoping to glean some um, wisdom from, from elder women in the tribe. I went to La Varenne for just a week class after I'd already graduated from the CCA. So I took a month and I went to Paris and I went to La Varenne, Cordon Bleu and the Ritz, I think. I took a week at each of them. Well, the week I was there, um, Anne was on book tour. So I didn't meet Anne for a long time until she was on book tour in LA And then I was her food stylist. And then I, so I worked with her a couple of times, but when she, after Mark, uh, you know, and then when they sold the Chateau and they moved to Santa Monica, I used to get to have lunch with Anne every week. So when you said she changed your life, Anne has changed my life also, not through teaching me to cook, but from just her pearls of wisdom as you're having a glass of wine with her and something drops out and I, I, i say the word, excuse me. And I have to write that down because, you know, talk about somebody who's done it all. And, um, that I'm so, but I say to younger people and even not younger people, you said, it's the bravest thing you ever did to go to cook, to go to Lovren. And it's true. There are a lot of women I know that don't have the opportunity to go to cooking st- school until they're 40 or 50 or 60, and you know what? If you can afford to go, why shouldn't you go? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. but I think that education and getting a good education from people that know their stuff
1: is invaluable. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. Um, And, you know, nowadays there are so many different ways that people of all ages can access that type of instruction um you know sometimes you know obviously you know my i was in a different position uh, you know you were but you know women in their 40s maybe they still have young kids at home or their kids are transitioning into other areas you know you can do all of these online classes um i've taught I've, i have a few craftsy classes that um craftsy is a wonderful avenue, especially for people who want to focus on one particular area, whether or not it's cookie decorating or cake decorating, or learning about baking from somebody like me, you know, things like that. Um, There's, it's a huge resource, but there are tons and tons of good legitimate sources um, and ways to access it.
0: You're so smart and I'm so glad you mentioned Craftsy. Craftsy, if people don't know, it's just Craftsy, dot Correct. Correct. And I remember when they start, when they came out, they were huge, like ten years ago. And then I hadn't heard about them for a while, Abby. And so I'm glad. What classes do you have on on their website that you teach? I'd love to. I'd love to hear about it.
1: I have two classes, um, and again, it's two classes. There are zillions of classes on Craftsy. Okay. Um, and my two classes, one's a baking bootcamp, which is basically a baking primer. And the other one is a class that is, um, what's it, what do they call it? Not Your Grandma's Roll Cake. Um, and it's kind of similar um, it, uh, for, the, for my newest book, she- Sheet Cake, um, yeah. because obviously roll cakes are baked in sheet cakes. Pans. Um, So those are my two classes there. but you know everybody, Molly Stevens has wonderful classes. Um, Martha Holmberg, I believe, has done craftsy classes, lots of really, really smart, talented um, bakers cooks. But most importantly, Denise, like you, we're teachers, right? really at the heart of what what I do, what you do, what most cookbook authors and food people do is they teach. So it's, it's really all about teaching.
0: And that's why I think, perfectly said, Abby, I think that what people, and this is why I say to people, even I, I, a woman I spoke to, here was the example recently, she's 60 and she said, well, I was thinking I would go to France just for a month. She had the opportunity to take some classes. I said, you know, split it up, go to different schools. You just, you know, and she said, oh, I'm so old. I said, but you can teach classes. You don't, you might write a book from this experience. You don't have to go to work in a restaurant. You know, that, when I went to school at me, you know, of course, you know, I was a cocktail waitress at the Last Supper. But when I went to school, not funny, it's true. When I went to school, there were like three girls in my class out of 300. I mean, and they said to us things like, what are you going to do with this? They thought we wanted to get to cook on Saturday night for our husbands. Do you see what I'm saying? And what it was only a little less than 40 years ago, but they, if you weren't going into the restaurant business, they didn't think there was any place for women. And so here, when you're speaking, teaching, writing cookbooks, working in a corporate situation, um, helping, you know, all sorts of businesses with their information that they're generating out there. People people don't always realize, but you need a good education. There's so many things you can do in food. Yeah. It's endless.
1: And that's the beautiful thing. And that's kind of why I, when we were starting to talk about fine cooking, I kind of backed up because, I, you know, feel like I've been Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, um, you know, throughout my, and I, throughout my food, life um yeah. and career and that's what i like to tell people is that it it morphs um it's the beauty of business of being in business in the food world it it morphs as you want it to um or it can morph because of a situation you know i mean i've worked in restaurants when i was a kid you know it's a grueling business um and i could i twisted it all up and went into publishing and, you know, but before that I made wedding cakes and, you know, then, fabulous. You know, it does all. And so it can be, it's why to me the food world is such a great uh, avenue for men and young men and women um, because they're really just endless opportunities. You know, you become, can become an influencer or a famous blogger or a, I don't know, a, you know, Food Network star. Um, yes. You know, a master chef, for goodness sakes.
0: I'm sure, Abby, see you worked in restaurants as a child. That's fantastic. Or as a young person. I went to the Culinary Academy because I had never worked in a restaurant. So I was 33 years old. And I had never worked in the restaurant business at all. We'd always owned grocery stores or owned our businesses. So when I said to my family, I'm going to go to the Culinary Academy like your brother with the glasses on the other my mother turned to me and she said isn't that why we sent you to college so you wouldn't end up working in a restaurant she was so horrified i can't even tell you she was horrified but then when you know i had like spreads in magazines and uh my name was in big print saying styled and produced all of a sudden she thought that was pretty you know pretty wonderful but i do know this people like you and i'm sure Once in a while, I'm somewhere with my husband. We were at Joffrey's in Malibu, famous old restaurant. And we were having a drink at the bar, waiting for our friends to come. And I said to my husband, did I ever tell you I worked here for a month or two? And he said, what? He was like screaming. He was hysterical because he said, how many jobs have you had? I said, honey, I don't, I mean, I said that if you stay in food long enough, you're, and you still want to make money and you still want to support yourself or whatever your reason is, or you want a new opportunity. I said, there's a thousand million things. I said, you can't put them all in your reservoir. People realize that you can't hold a job. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> unfocused, right? Well, Abby, we have touched on so many things and I, I, there were tips and I love hearing about your your experience is, and I, one of the things that I really wanna point out is how brave you were to go to Paris and cook and learn your craft because that's something that again, I just think that much like test kitchens, I just think that people don't realize how much education it takes to get to be a cookbook author or an editor or, you know, a teacher. And it's really, it's commendable. All right, now I wanna thank Abby. I wanna thank Miss Cindy as always. We are going to have a second podcast. So look for it when you see it with Abby Dodge. Abby, I can't thank you enough. If anyone wants to reach us or reach Abby, if they watch our Facebook page, we will have all of Abby's information on there. We will have, um, so you can contact her, so you can contact me and ask us any questions. And Abby, I can't thank
1: you again enough. It was wonderful. It was really fun, Denise. I think you and I could have chatted for another three weeks. Well, we could, but no one would listen to it. That's the no problem.
0: <laughs> All right. So Women Beyond a Certain Age, thank you so much. Thank you, Miss Cindy, who keeps the train on the tracks. And you can always reach us at womenbeyond at womenbeyondicloud.com. Thanks. Bye, Abby. Bye, Cindy. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, Cindy.
1: Perfect, that was great. Okay. <laughs> She'll edit that out. You can see we run a tight ship here. I right? like it. I like it. Very strict.